Fresh Football Takes is back. It is me, Fresh Tony, and in the introduction always comes Mike Keegan. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys, what's going on? Week six, we're getting after it a little late, but better late than never, as they always say. That is always said. So we're currently recording during the Thursday Night Football game, so you might get the occasional uh, live reaction from Keegan or I. But we are going to still do the Week 5 review with the speed round, the shocked, odd, and flawed. And then this will be a little bit longer of an episode because we're just going to jump right into the Week 6 preview as well. So with that, uh, I don't want to be here forever. So unless you have anything to say, Keegan, I think we should just get going. No, yeah, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. Yeah, the double recording. So we're going to do it. Uh, Hopefully... um, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say, so let's go for it. <laughs> All right, well, speed round begin. Uh, the Thursday night football game in week five was the Rams and the Seahawks. I did pick the Rams and they lost. Uh, Keegan, why did they lose? Well, the the Rams had a big division win on their foot, literally, but their big kicker shanked it. Certainly did. And for the Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson's efficiency and Chris Carson's workload led the way. As Wilson threw for touchdown on 25% of his passes and Chris Carson had 27 carries. And then we will move to the Sunday games. The Jets and the Eagles played. I did pick the Eagles. The Eagles did win against a backup quarterback, but at least the Jets scored a touchdown this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The Eagles, I just have some numbers for you. Ten sacks, three takeaways two touchdowns the defense went to town and they probably should have panthers jaguars up next i did pick the panthers to win and they did uh keep running cmc oh yeah as for the jaguars uh dj chark is a star in the making eight catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns just keep it coming gardner So we're going to be talking about the Giants and the Vikings now, but this is a Thursday night live reaction. The Giants stopped Sony Michel on a fourth and one. Let's get it. But in week five, the Giants played the Vikings, and I did pick the Vikings, and the Vikings won. Uh, Roger, tell us about the Vikings here, Keeks. Well, all I have to say is, hey, look, Kirk Cousins can still throw the ball. Go figure. Woo-hoo! Uh, the whole Giants team was in concussion protocol after this game. It was a hard-hitting loss. Man, moving along here, we've got the Saints and the Buccaneers. I did pick the Saints. They did win a one-touchdown game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, was building a bridge to keep his team above water while Breeze is out. Very nice. Um, as for the Bucks. I mean, there's not much else to say. They just literally could not stop Michael Thomas. No, they could not. Uh, Falcons-Texans is next up on the docket. This was the highest scoring game of the week. The Texans hung 53 on the Falcons uh, to get fresh football to win. And while the Texans uh, filled the stat sheet, uh, Will Fuller made the scoreboard and stat sheet fuller. Very nice. Uh, The Falcons... Yeah, they might be running a dairy farm because their defense is Swiss cheese. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Uh, Up next, we have the 
Titans and the Bills. This was the lowest scoring game of the week. Uh, I did pick the Titans at home. Unfortunately, it did not happen because they're boring, uneventful, and ugly. Yeah, the Bills win a really boring one thanks to the Titans kicker missing four field goals. What's wrong with these kickers this week? Uh, the Cardinals had themselves a good kicker, though, as they beat the Bengals on the road in Cincinnati, 26-23. I did pick the Cardinals. This was the upset of the week. Got that correct. And Keegan, talk to us about the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals actually woke up late in this game. Uh, it was too late, unfortunately. Way too late. And the Cardinals, uh, as far as their win goes, David Johnson did injure his back while carrying this entire team to victory. <laughs> yes, that's probably why. Uh, Patriots, Redskins. We all picked the Patriots. The Patriots won very handily. And Keegan, discuss. Well, uh, did you know that the Redskins actually did have a lead in this game? It's pretty crazy. I had, uh, had no idea. And as far as... Oh, were you done? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 cool. And then the Redskins, uh, the whole thing the whole thing is just flawed, and we'll be talking about that later. Uh, next up is the Ravens and the Steelers. This was a division battle, very close game. I did pick the Ravens. They won in overtime, uh, probably because Lamar Jackson reverted back to being a running back. Uh, but the team, all kickers, would like to bend it like Tucker. Yeah. Uh, well, for the Steelers, um, they were down to their third string quarterback and they actually held their own there for a second, but they couldn't hold onto the ball when it counted. Yeah, that hit on Mason Rudolph was brutal. I'm glad he was just able to walk off. But we move on to the Bears and the Raiders. This was the London game. I picked the Bears. The Raiders pulled off the upset uh, and the Bears got raided in England. Yeah, yeah, and like we pointed out last week when we were uh, going through our observations, uh, Josh Jacobs, we wanted to see more of him, and he was the difference maker for the Raiders against the Bears. Broncos Chargers up next. Uh, the Chargers were my pick. Unfortunately, they did not win. So Keegan, talk to me about the Chargers here. Uh, I think someone needs to tell the Chargers that they had a game last Sunday against the Broncos because they were nowhere to be found on the field. They, they just looked awful. And Phil Lindsay uh, tramples over the Chargers to lead the Broncos to victory. Yeah, Phil Lindsay for you. Uh, Packers-Cowboys is the next game we're going to discuss. I did pick the Cowboys. They ended up losing by 10. Uh, so, Keegan, what's up with the Cowboys? What's happened? What happened to them? Well, it looks like it looks like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are now 0-2 versus football teams with a pulse. And as far as the Packers go, uh, four scores and seven catches ago, Aaron Jones dominated the Cowboys. Yeah, Aaron Jones. He's the man. Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs got upset by the Colts. Uh, unfortunately, I was on the wrong end of that one. Uh, the Chiefs' frustrations brewed over on the sidelines in a tough loss as Travis Kelsey uh, shoves his 
offensive coordinator. Yeesh. The enemy? Yes. I think that's how you say it. But anyway, the Colts. Big win. Yeah, I, I love the Colts. I was on record. That was my heart versus head game. Uh, Frank Reich is a genius, and he ran the clock out in that game like a champ, and it ended with a win. Monday night football, the last game from week five. The 49ers demolished the Browns. Uh, this was my heart versus head game, and I went the wrong way. I uh, should have picked the Niners, but the Browns, uh, no Dell, a soft chub, and a baker without any flavor. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> I did pick the Niners. They won because, and this is all I have to say, I've said it many times this week, uh, the Niners running game is a thing of absolute beauty. It is beautiful to watch. It is football perfection, and I love what they're doing with running the football. They're great, and that'll that'll wrap up the speed round. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I really like some of my one-liners. I thought I had some good ones this week. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so with that, uh, my week five record, just in case you weren't keeping notes uh, while listening to that, uh, I did finish eight and seven, better than the seven and eight I finished last week. At least I'm back in the winning column. My season-long record so far is 48-29-1, which equates to a 62% winning percentage, which is about on par for what I did in 2018 as I uh, won 63% of the game. So, not terrible. Yeah, on, on pace. On pace to repeat. On pace. Uh, I'm looking to get a little better, though. So, here's to uh, finally getting some more games right. But we will update the pool after week five. Uh, Jordan Hicks is alone in first with 50. Uh, wow. I'm in a I'm in a four-way tie for fourth at 48 points with Brian Saylor, Ryan Dutt, and David Scoobs Stewart. And then Keegan, any idea where you're at? Uh, I know I'm in the teens, but I'm working my way back. You are. You are in a three-way tie for 13th. Oh. Uh, at 43 points, it is you, uh, Phil Kazak. Kytus, I believe I said your name right, Phil. Uh, and my mom. You and my mom have been on lockstep for several weeks. Uh, Mrs. Q, I'm coming for you. It's going to happen. I'm making the jump these next couple making, weeks. Making the jump. Got to jump higher than that, Keegan. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about our, our final thoughts for week five. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Getting... Shocked, odd, and flawed. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Keegan, do you want to start off? You want me to go first? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, I guess I could kick it off. Um, cool. The thing I was most shocked at, and I realized here while looking at it that it's kind of a pun, are what was the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they looked worse with Melvin Gordon than they did without Melvin Gordon. And that is a very interesting um, issue for me. I'm not sure what happened. I think it might have just been a one-off. Um, I hope it was a one-off. I hope they just slept on the competition and that maybe they'll come back later and hopefully get everything set. But um, they just looked really bad, and it's almost like they didn't know what to do with Melvin Gordon, and it just kind of all 
fell apart in a mess of, oh, my God, he's back. Now what do we do? We want to keep using Austin Eckler. We want to, you know. Yeah, Austin Eckler is awesome. Do all this stuff. Yeah, I think he set the franchise record for receptions by a running back or something in the game with 15. Like, it was a crazy performance, and that was with Melvin Gordon on the field. So um, I just hope that this isn't a – a uh, the shape of things to come where it's like they have no idea how to include him while still using Austin Eckler so everything just falls apart I hope that they figure shit out and they just keep it going for the future yeah I think it could definitely be a case of with the Chargers there uh, they didn't have Melvin Gordon for the offseason the preseason obviously he was holding out uh, I think that they're trying to work him back slowly I think once he kind of gets his feet a little bit more wet and they use him like they used him last year. Right. I think that it will uh, pan out for them. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I hope so. Their offense should be really good. Um, Yeah. I think it's just an issue of like working him back in to the whole mix, but I mean, they just looked really bad against a winless Broncos team and it, it definitely shocked me. They did. I, I'm, I am a little bit concerned that it might get to the point where they just say, hey, Austin Eckler was working for us uh, while Melvin Gordon was gone. We're just going to stick with him right? and use Melvin Gordon like they used Eckler last year, just have them flip roles. Yeah, I mean, that could that could be the solution, maybe. We will see. And the thing that I am shocked about coming out of week five was – a couple of players making some recoveries from injuries. Uh, those two players are going to be Drew Brees and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Drew Brees had thumb surgery to fix a ligament, uh, obviously in his thumb, as I just said. And that timetable for that injury was, I believe, a minimum of six weeks, or maybe it was just kind of about six weeks. However, he, he noted that he wanted to crush that timeline, wanted to be the first quarterback to come back earlier than that uh, from that injury and that surgery. And he posted a video, uh, I guess, over the weekend or sometime last week of him throwing footballs already. And I mean, I, I don't know if they were NFL-sized footballs, but he only had the surgery two and a half, three weeks ago. And if he's already able to throw any size football, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And then with Saquon Barkley, or before I get there, Keegan, do you want to say anything about Drew Brees? Or should I just keep it rolling? Oh no, I was I was just gonna chime in. Like for a quarterback of his age, I mean, you're dead on. Like that's that's gonna be pretty crazy if and when he does beat that timetable. Right. Yeah, he is forty. Uh, so then we'll discuss Saquon, a guy who's a little bit younger. He had a high ankle sprain in a game a couple weeks ago. That is an injury that was initially. It, it's anywhere from four to eight weeks, six to eight weeks. You know, you heard. You heard all over the spectrum for the time of recovery, especially for a running back. However, he was able to run and cut after two and a half weeks. He almost played in this game tonight that's going on right now. Uh, but hes I definitely think he's going to come back next week, which would be only three weeks after the injury. So, I, I again, just so impressive how quickly these guys are able to recover from what I get, what I believe were like, you know, pretty significant injuries. I, I I think I'd classify a high ankle sprain as significant, especially for a running back. 
Right, right. That's what I was going to say, especially for running back. I just hope it doesn't fall the other direction where they come back too soon, but it does seem like the teams are being pretty careful with him, obviously, because he's their future and their centerpiece and one of the best running backs in football right now, if not the best. So I just hope they take care of him and that, because he's just fun to watch, you know, even as a rival fan, he's just fun to watch, and I hope they don't rush him back too soon. I think this game would have been too soon, but, but if he's back next week and cleared to go, then I'm blown away like that would be incredible you're 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 right on with that i think that if this was a playoff game tonight saquon barkley plays but it's week six of the regular season uh the giants are realistically not going to win this game Uh, but we'll discuss that in a minute so we will i guess move on to what we are awed about but before that daniel jones threw an interception and on the very next play Tom Brady throws an interception, and Janoris <laughs> Jenkins is running it downfield. Wow. All right. This is great. Wow. Sorry. I had to get that out there. I'm pretty pumped. Oh, there's a flag. No, the Giants just know. It's probably blocking the back on the return. The Giants just know how to beat the Patriots. I don't know what it is, man. It's crazy. Let's go. But, yeah, the flag came in really late, so I would assume it's something on the return. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to nullify the interception. Oh, Janoris Jenkins baited him. But, anyway, we'll move on uh, to what we are awed about. And I will, since I'm talking, I'll just keep on talking. I'm in awe of the... 49ers defense oh yeah yes sir uh this is i think probably so far the biggest surprise of the season uh is how well that the 49ers are doing i think in, in my opinion especially on defense um they do have five first round picks in in their front seven so i guess maybe it's you know you that's what you expect from first rounders but first rounders don't always pan out so I think that they hit on all the fact that they hit on all five of them is pretty remarkable. Whether they drafted them themselves or traded for them, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head. But either way, they picked the right guys, whether it was via trade or just straight in the draft. And they shut down a team in the Browns that I mean, the Browns haven't really found their mojo on offense, but it's still a so talented of a team. Baker Mayfield's had his struggles, but I mean, he he's I still think one of the more talented young quarterbacks in the league. Nick Chubb is a growing stud and superstar at the running back position. Uh, Jarvis Landry is arguably one of the best number two receivers in football. Odell is just a bona fide superstar and one of the top players in the league. But the 49ers shut him down. Yeah. Only allowing three points. So that is, I just think, what I'm in most awe about. Yeah, I think I think Richard Sherman was a huge part of that, too. Like, I think he's a veteran presence. Oh, yeah. For, for that secondary, like you said, the front seven is hugely talented, but a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young draft picks, maybe two, three-year guys. But Richard Sherman is really bringing that together. He's given that fire that you know he plays with year in, year out. He had it in in uh, Seattle. And I really think that he's like the linchpin for that defense to come together like it did this year, like we're seeing. And, yeah, like um, on both sides of the ball, they're impressive. But the defense is probably the most impressive on that team. You're right. Um, 
for my odd, I just I thought the Houston Atlanta game last week was insane, and I loved watching the Houston offense get right with Deshaun Watson throwing for I believe over four hundred yards and five touchdowns. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a. 404 club well 405 club bringing that back from last year absolutely he only had like what five incompletions on the day will fuller with an incredible line 11 catches over 200 yards and two touchdowns he got tackled three touchdowns three touchdowns he got tackled at the goal line twice two other times than that so he could have had five touchdowns I mean, it was just a crazy impressive performance. I know, like I said earlier, the Atlanta defense is Swiss cheese. I mean, they're really bad. They lost a bunch of their key players yet again. But um, Houston finally got right. There was some shakiness there. You know, the Panthers beat them in a really low-scoring game, and everyone was like, what's going on? And I think that is still a question when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, who had a decent line. I think he was 7 for 80-some yards or something, but he really didn't. He really wasn't a part of it like, obviously, Will Fuller was. Maybe that's just a case of who he had on, on the defense. Maybe it was just a case of this or that. But um, he's the only thing to worry about. I think Houston is just fine. And um, I love Deshaun Watson. I love watching him play when he's on. Um, He's been really fun to watch ever since he's entered the league. And that was a really fun game to watch. I was in awe of that performance. So I'll just give a little update on on a couple of the stats that you discussed. Sure, Uh, sure. You were, were, I mean, you were – Pretty much spot on with most of them, but just to give the exacts, Deshaun Watson was 28 for 33. So yes, only five incompletions, Jeez. 426 yards and five touchdowns. Incredible. And then the two receivers you were talking about, Will Fuller had 14 receptions oh. for 217 yards and three scores. Jeez. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins was seven for 88. Seven for 88. Okay. So yeah, like I said, man, you. You were close. Just wanted to give those exacts for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for for vetting those stats. And uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's waiting for for DeAndre Hopkins to become a part of the offense, you know, like he has year in and year out. I think his time might be coming, but maybe if he's drawing the number one coverage, maybe Will Fuller is just going to open up that much more like he did last week. That would that's terrifying if Will Fuller ends up being the more productive receiver on that offense uh not and that's definitely not a knock on DeAndre Hopkins it's just that they had to pay so much attention to him and the Texans now have a guy who I think that they thought that he can do this maybe not you know 200 yards and 15 catches three touchdowns every week but they've stuck by Will Fuller through some poor play and and some injury riddled seasons so he's finally coming into his own there so I that passing attack could be terrifying. Yeah, maybe like a 1A, 1B situation like we're seeing in uh, in Tampa Bay with uh, Evans and Godwin. Maybe we're seeing that with Hopkins and Fuller as well. We might be. So with all of the awe comes some things that are, that are flawed. And I'm going to go ahead and take the reins here. Uh, I alluded to it in my speed round one-liner about the Redskins. Uh, uh, The most flawed thing is just their whole operation. I don't think that they have any idea what they're doing. I I, I don't 
hate them for firing Jay Gruden. They probably should have fired him a couple of years ago. I think the timing was a little weird. Uh, you know, firing him after the Patriots game. If, if you know you're going to fire him, then just fire him after the Giants game. Like, why wait another week just to, you know, I guess have a scapegoat? Like, it's just uh, another reason to fire him your own five. Uh, he clearly didn't agree with a lot of things that the ownership wanted, that the GM wanted, as reports have come out that, uh, over the past couple of weeks, the reports have come out that he didn't want Dwayne Haskins, and Dwayne Haskins feels that. You've got their training staff is, I mean, I, I wouldn't be any better. I'm no sort of, you know, sports science expert or anything on recovery and things like that, but they've had so many just I, I, failures with Darius Geis, who had to have like three or four different surgeries on his ACL because of infections and what have you. Then you have Colt McCoy, who, again, had to have a couple extra surgeries on his broken leg because I, I don't know what is happening, excuse me, what is happening with that training staff. And then the last point I'm going to make is the whole Trent Williams thing. Listen, you have the one of the best left tackles in football. One of the highest paid left tackles in football. I mean, you you pay the best. I'm not mad that he's up there with the highest paid because he he's up there with the best of them. That That's not my point. But he sees this franchise as being so bad and so dysfunctional that he is willingly not collecting those checks because he doesn't want to play for them. And they don't, they've dug their feet in the ground, in the sand, whatever you want to say, uh, probably in the cement, that they're not trading him. Why not? You're 0-5. You can get a lot of draft capital for a left tackle, as was proven when the Texans traded for Laramie Tunsil. I just, I don't know what the Redskins' long-term plan is. And I just think that the whole, uh, just the way they do things is just so flawed. Yeah, I don't think they really know what they're doing. And I, I just want to say shout out to Colt McCoy for for coming back and being able to start that game last week because I feel like oh, that I agree. fell under the radar. But but like you said, he had plenty of setbacks last year with that broken leg and or all that stuff that happened with his leg and. Um, just for him to be able to start that game in week five was pretty was pretty impressive. So, um, But that being said, yeah, the Redskins are a dumpster fire. The owner has no idea what he's doing. The GM has no idea what he's doing. Um, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. Like, the medical staff is borderline on malpractice. Um, I agree with whatever – everything you said, um, it's, it's awful. My flaw um, – Keegan, before you jump in your flaw, I've got some more Thursday Night Football live reaction because this is my Giants here. Uh, Julian Edelman appears to have caught the ball, fumbled the ball, and the Giants recovered. It was called incomplete on the field. Pat Shermer threw out the challenge flag, and just looking at some replays, it looks like the Giants are going to win that challenge and get the ball on yet another turnover. 
I don't know what's going on in this game. It's still zero zero. This is uh this is this is only a Thursday night football game. Only on Thursday night could this kind of football game happen. Right. So anyway, continue with what you you find flawed, other than the lack of ball security in this game. <laughs> All right. So for my flaw for week five, um, I'm looking at the Kansas City offense. Um, I'm wondering why it's so underwhelming. You know, two weeks ago they beat the Lions in a close one, but it was it was really kind of a funky game because the Kansas City offense just wasn't clicking like it had the first three weeks. And then this past week, again, they lose a really close one, a really low-scoring game. The Chiefs only scored 10 points with Pat Mahomes. is very low for Pat Mahomes, obviously. He's used to scoring like freaking 30 points a game. And I think they scored 13 on on Sunday night. Oh, just was to it? clarify, oh, yeah, okay. it was 13. 13. Just to okay. clarify, either way, it's still ridiculously low. Proceed. Correct. Um, but why why so underwhelming? Um, is it because there's no Tyreek Hill? I mean, that could be a factor. He's supposed to come back this week. Is it because there's no Kareem Hunt? Maybe that's getting at the problem a little more. All they have is this grab bag of running backs. You know, they have. They have Shady McCoy, and they have Damien Williams, and they have Daryl Williams, and they have, you know, this guy and that guy, and they're trying to throw somebody in the backfield. Um, maybe they're missing Kareem Hunt. He was a dynamic playmaker last year for them. Um, he really opened up the offense a lot with his running abilities. Um, is it a sophomore slump for Pat Mahomes? It happens a lot. He set the league on fire last year. He set the league on fire in his first in his first three games this year but now he's starting to come back down to earth a little bit and this is the most human we've seen him on the football field these past two weeks so I'm not really sure I'm thinking it's a little bit of everything that I just said I think that Tyreek Hill um is gonna be you know a big factor when he comes back but I think I don't know I think that running back situation is hurting the team um and yeah I mean I I guess we're going to see if Pat Mahomes can sort of level it out, can sort of overcome the adversity and uh, sort of return to the level that we um, saw him at last year. Are you reacting to the no fumble call? Maybe it's time for the Chiefs to... See what they have in Darwin Thompson, the sixth-round draft pick at running back. I know you you mentioned a couple of the running backs they had just aren't getting it done. So why don't they see what they have in that guy? Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's it's very true. They could. Um, I just think they need an answer somewhere along the line because it's, I don't know, it's not working out. It's not working out at running back. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully the Chiefs can get back on track. But with that being said, let's uh, let's move on to Week Six and close the door here on Week Five. Uh, we will talk very, very briefly about the Thursday night game, just because by the time this gets published for the public, uh, game's already going to be over. So there's no point in really kind of giving what we think is going to happen. But the Giants just had a well. First of all, Pat Shermer lost the challenge. Uh, it was ruled an incomplete pass, not a catch and fumble, which I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> and then the Giants get the ball back, 
and they have to punt because they can't move the ball on this defense, which is about what I expected. And the punt gets blocked, and the Patriots return it for a touchdown. For the first score of this game, it is currently 7-0 New England with a minute 41 to go in the first. And I'm very happy that I picked New England. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's you always looking at the bright spot, Tony. That's true. I did pick the score to be 40-13. to 13, So I knew that we were, I, I, I predict we we're going to get blown out. Uh, I seems like it might be a little closer than that, but oh yikes! At least I am gonna get in the win column for the first time on Thursday night, presumably. <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. Right. So I, I mean, Keegan, I'm gonna assume you picked the Patriots too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Patriots to win. Yeah, I, I think everybody picked the Patriots. So with that, let's just go ahead and move on to the rest of these games here that are being played on Sunday. And first, we will talk about the 9.30 a.m. Uh, game, at least as far as uh, us Eastern time zone fellows go. Uh, the Panthers and the Buccaneers are going to be playing in London. The Bucks are technically the home team. And the... One thing that I'm looking for in this game is if the Buccaneers defense can get back on track and play like they were playing for the first two games against a quarterback who is making his, what is this, his like fourth or fifth start in the NFL and Kyle Allen. So I want to see the Bucs defense be aggressive, come after him. Obviously they need to worry about Christian McCaffrey, but, uh, yeah, the Bucks defense. I'm challenging you to to step up here. Yeah, um, I'm interested in Kyle Allen. Actually, I know that when the Panthers played the Bucks the last time, um, the wide receivers were running all over the Buccaneers secondary, but Cam Newton just wasn't able to make the throws. Uh, that was really when it was obvious that Cam Newton had a problem. So. I'm interested in if the the wide receivers can achieve that level of separation again with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore um, because the Buccaneers' defense really did a good job in shutting down Christian McCaffrey last time. Um, I'm just wondering if, if Kyle Allen can exploit how much faster the Carolina wide receivers are and, you know, turn it into a win. I forgot these teams played already, and the Bucks did win. Uh, I don't think the Bucks are going to get the season sweep of the Panthers, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and pick that team from Charlotte. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, I lean that way as well. It's really hard for a divisional rival to beat a team twice, and like I said, um, the Panthers really did have the Bucks where they wanted them. I think it was like a one-score game for most of the night, but again— Cam Newton was just really awful in that game. He was obviously injured. So I think Kyle Allen might be the difference maker in this one. And But but then again, London is the great equalizer. So who the hell knows? But I'm also going to go Panthers here. That's true. I, I think that was the last game Cam Newton played yes. in this season so far. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. So now we will move on to the more uh, uh, traditional start times here at 1 o'clock on Sunday where the New Orleans Saints are traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Keegan, 
I'm curious as to the one thing that you are looking at in this game. Talk to me, buddy. Uh, well, I mean, I think you got to look at Gardner Minshew. I mean, the Saints' run defense has been really well, but their pass defense has left something to be desired. And I really think that, um, you know, they use Fournette to establish the run, and they can do that. He's always had a low yards per carry. But I think that this game rests on Gardner Minshew. And I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then it turns into the Jaguars' defense against Teddy Bridgewater, but that's another story. Um, Jalen Ramsey might be back, and that might be a whole whole uh, difference maker there. But, yeah, Gardner Minshew, I love him. It's been noted, and um, I'm looking for him to exploit this Saints secondary. See, and I am actually, I'm leaning the opposite direction there. Uh, the thing that I want to look at in this game is Marshawn Lattimore on DJ Chark. I, I presume that Lattimore is going to shadow Chark because, uh, you know, he, he does shadow a lot of the number one wide receivers on teams. And I think Chark definitely fits that bill at least five games into this season for the Jaguars. So I want to see Lattimore on Chark. I think he can shut him down. I think the Saints defense can shut down this offense. And then we'll just have to see what happens uh, on the flip side of the ball for both teams. But yeah, uh, the Chark-Lattimore matchup is something that I hope we get to see. And I'm very interested in, in watching that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Keegan, did you know that the Jaguars are favored in this game? Really? No, I didn't. They are. They're one-point favorites at home over the Saints, and that is why this is going to be the fresh football upset of the week. I'm taking the Saints on the road. Underdogs. Wow, very nice. Yeah, I am. Um, I guess I'm taking the home favorites. I figure with the better record they would be uh, favored, but yeah, I'm taking the Jaguars then. Taking Minshew Magic. All right, there we have it. We are different on that one. Uh, I wonder if we will be different on this next game. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be hosting the Houston Texans. And the thing that I'm most curious about, Keegan even alluded to it in his, I think it was what was most flawed for him. I want to see no, not only the Chiefs running backs, but I also want to see the Texans running backs. So in, uh, in short, I want to see who... The running backs are in this game. Who steps up? Both teams haven't gotten, I think, the production that they desire from that position so far this season. And if I had to pick who I think the best running back is going to be in this game, I'm going to take Duke Johnson. Very nice. Yeah, his yards per carry is up again. Um, he's not getting the rock as much as Carlos Hyde, but he's making the most of his uh, chances. And, yeah, I've always liked Mr. Duke Johnson. Yeah, I think that they should get him more involved in this game. It should be a high-scoring game. And I do – I think that he's going to, like I said, get involved in the passing game. You said he's got a really high uh, yards per carry. So, yeah, give me Duke Johnson here. As for me, I'm looking at the return of Tyreek Hill. Hopefully he should be back in action. And uh, as I alluded to in my flawed also, I'm – 
I'm wondering if he's the difference maker, if he's the field stretcher that they need, if he's the guy that Pat Mahomes just wants to sling the ball and wherever he throws it, Tyreek will catch it because he's got that speed. Um, I'm looking for his epic triumphant return to Arrowhead Stadium, and I think it's going to be a very fun shootout game, very close one, um, and I can't wait for the return of Tyreek the Freak. Ooh, yeah, that... I mean, he could be the difference maker here for this uh, for this Chiefs team to get them back on track. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, he comes back this week, but Hill might not. He might uh, he might have to wait one more week. Yeah, that's true. My whole point might be defunct if they decide so, to wait a week. All right, but... Keegan, who are you picking? Um, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Chiefs. I am also going to go with the Chiefs. I think that they bounce back. Uh, but I do think this is the... Uh, well, I don't think. I know. This is the fresh football game of the week. Texans Saints. Absolutely. Texans Chiefs. Excuse me. So with that, uh, mistakes mean that we move on and completely ignore them. Uh, the Eagles and the Vikings are next on the docket to discuss. Uh, the Vikings are at home. This game's in Minneapolis. And I want to see if the Vikings' pass offense can keep up this momentum. Uh, they got back on track against a poor Giants defense. They're looking to keep the momentum going against what is probably a poor pass defense, at least for the Eagles. Uh, I do want to see if Kirk Cousins remains confident. Uh, Thielen was out today of practice with an illness. So if he doesn't play, I mean, I think he will play. But if he doesn't, uh, I want to see Stephon Diggs get more involved. I mean, I guess I want to see that happen regardless of whether Thielen plays or not. But yeah, the Vikings pass offense, I think, should play a large part in this game. Uh, yeah, for me, it's the Eagles' run defense against, um, I think, the second-leading rusher on the season so far, Mr. Dalvin Cook. Um, I, the Eagles have had a historically good pass defense the last, or sorry, run defense the last couple years, and uh, I think with Dalvin Cook, they have a very um, tough matchup. I think if they stop Cook, then they will pretty much have the Vikings right where they want them. Again, our pass defense has a lot to be desired, but I think if the run defense and the pass rush can get home, then I really think we have a chance. So I'm interested in that matchup for sure. I think it's going to be a good one. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and all the rest of them on the front seven against Mr. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in football so far this year. It's going to be fun to watch. Okay, so I, I do think that uh, if you guys can stop Dalvin Cook, you have a much better chance of winning, but I suppose that is probably true for a lot of teams that are going to play the Vikings this year. But with all of that being said, uh, this might surprise you, Keegan, but I'm going to pick the Eagles on the road. Very nice. Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously I am as well, and I think that, you know, it's going to be a tough one. The teams have had some good matchups in the last couple of years. But, yeah, I just really think that 
Um, our strengths meet their weaknesses very well, if that makes sense. Yeah, and honestly, even vice versa. This was almost my game of the week, but how could I not pick the Texans and the Chiefs there? Um, but yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles here. I, I did tinker with this pick a couple times, but at the end of the day, I said I'm going to go with my gut and what I originally picked. Uh, so yeah, Eagles on the road. Go Birds. The Ravens and the Bengals are up next. This game is going to be played in Baltimore. Uh, Keegan, what do you want to see happen in this game? Or, I, well, you probably want to see a specific team win, but what are you watching in this game is probably a better way to phrase that question. Um, I'm watching the Ravens' offense sort of get back on track a little. They went absolutely haywire the first two or three weeks of the season, and everyone was blown away by it, and they've sort of come back to earth the last couple weeks. And I just really want to see Lamar Jackson start to sling the ball around the field like he was, and I want to see the running attack get a little better, and... Yeah, I just want to see the Ravens offense. I mean, maybe on both sides of the ball. I want to see the Ravens sort of right the ship. I mean, they have a good team to do it against um, in the Bengals, who a lot of teams are kind of writing the ship against. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking at the Ravens as a whole to kind of get back on track. All right. So I am kind of in the same boat with you. I want to see Mark Andrews get back to being that elite, level tight end we saw in the first week or two um but i i do want to give the bengals fans that listen uh something to you know at least listen to so i i guess i want to see conversely if the bengals defense can you know keep this ravens offense uh down a notch like the ravens like we've said they they've been playing not the way they were the first couple weeks on offense. And maybe that's just because of the competition the Ravens played. Uh, so let's see the Bengals defense step up. And then on, let's see the Bengals offense step up too against a pretty good team on defense. They got to get Joe Mixon going. Uh, unfortunately, they're without John Ross. And A.J. Green is still not back. Though A.J. Green did practice uh, in a very limited fashion. So... Yeah, I just want to see the Bengals step up as a whole, and you want to see the Ravens step up as, as a whole. So, Keegan, which team steps up? Um, I'm picking the Ravens. I mean, I do acknowledge that it's a divisional battle and really anything can happen, but the Bengals just look a little too far gone at this point. Um, I'm definitely thinking that the Ravens get right sooner than the Bengals get right at this point with their issues. So, yeah, give me Baltimore at home. I'm also going to pick Baltimore. I just think that they're the better football team. Uh, not not really too much more than that. They're just the better team in that one. Yeah. So, so with that, we will um, discuss the Seahawks and the Browns as this game is going to be played in Cleveland in the factory of sadness. Yeah. Cleveland has been the land of despair in the past couple years. They thought they had it good this year, but it's not looking that way. So I I will go ahead and discuss this game first. Uh, I want to see how Cleveland, or if Cleveland, tries to get Odell Beckham Jr. going. It looked like they tried to get him going early and often 
in the Monday night game against the 49ers. It just didn't happen. They tried to get him going as as a passer, as a rusher, and uh, through the air as a receiver. So I, I want to see if the Browns really my note at, my notes here say uh, force feed OBJ with a question mark. So I want to see if they you know try that again, try to force feed him, get him in a rhythm. I think if they can unlock him and his potential in this offense, that's really what is going to get this team going. I know Nick Chubb has played great. He's probably been the best offensive player on this team so far, but I, I think the Browns really want to get their mojo on offense and really right the ship. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. needs to be the best player on this offense and maybe even this football team like he is very capable of doing. Yeah, they definitely have to start getting OBJ the ball more. Um, I think for the Browns, the whole issue is with the secondary. I'm looking at Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams coming back. They were practicing today. They should be good to play this week. And I really think a lot of teams have had an easier time than they maybe should have throwing the ball on them. Um, So, I mean, it's Russell Wilson. He's playing out of his freaking mind so far this year. But um, let's just see if they can give him a little bit of trouble, maybe sort of, you know, cause some three and outs, maybe give Baker some more time to get things going because the defense has just been getting points run up on them the last couple weeks. And uh, I I think it all starts there, but they're going to have a tall task with this Seahawks offense humming like it is. Yeah, the Seahawks are playing great football all around, uh, especially on offense. The defense in Seattle, I think, is coming into form. Uh, Javion Clowney making some plays, really kind of providing that defense what they thought he would when they traded for him. And at the end of the day, uh, that is why I'm going to go with Seattle. Yeah, yeah, same here. I I have Seattle. I have the Road Warriors uh, coming into Cleveland and giving them a loss. Uh, Daniel Jones throws another interception on Thursday night football. Anyway, this next game is probably going to be filled with interceptions and drop passes and a whole lot of nothing as we are going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins hosting the Washington Redskins. Oh my God. Do we even have to talk about this? Uh, we can make this one very brief. There's not a whole lot going on. Um, my notes tell me uh, my note is on the Redskins, uh, and it says here in my handy dandy notebook, uh, "New coach, who dis?" I want to see if the Redskins can, you know, have a. I don't even know the right word for it. I let me start this over. I want to see if the Redskins will have something, some motivation, I think is what I was looking for, to, you know, having a new head coach. Everyone's, you know, talking shit on them and, and things like that. They were, there were a couple players that were visibly upset uh, and emotional as far as the Jay Gruden firing. Not that they, no one really openly said that they disagreed with it, but they just, uh, I guess a couple of the players liked him. So I want to see if they play with some newfound motivation as teams often do 
uh, the first week after a coach is fired and an intern coach kind of steps up to take the helm. Yeah, I'm looking at the other side of the ball. Um, for some reason, I'm looking at Miami, and I can't say that I've watched too many snaps of Miami this year, um, and I probably won't watch too many in this game, but I, I have looked up at the bar at Miami games, and when I have, I've seen Josh Rosen make some pretty good passes, make some pretty good throws, make some, you know, he, he, he looks, I'm not going to say good, but he looks like he's not a lost cause. So I'm looking at the Miami offense. If they can make something happen, it's going to be against this Washington team. And I don't know. Let's do it. Let's see what you got, Josh Rosen. It's it's going to be it's going to be all for nothing. I mean, this whole season is for nothing, but against the Redskins, it's all for nothing. Let's see what you got, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I guess if there is ever a game that Miami is going to win this season, this looks to be the best bet. But then again, you can say the exact same thing about the Redskins. If they're ever going to win a game this season, this looks to be their best bet. I know. So, who is going to get the lucky or unlucky i guess depending on how you want to look at it um victory here keegan uh when it's this close i go with the home team i'm taking miami wow something you probably didn't think you would do all year yep i am going to uh like i was talking about i think that the redskins play with a little bounce in their step, getting a new head coach. Uh, I think that the Redskins just have more talented players. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Redskins. Yeah, that's probably the smart call, but I mean, we'll see. It's a, it's a toss up. It certainly is. Uh, Some more live reaction to Thursday night football. Uh, Tom Brady is like the, pros pro he's pretty much guaranteed to get a yard on a quarterback sneak when they need it and the giants just stuffed him on the goal line ah third and goal yeah they're probably gonna score right here but can't wait we will move on to the next game the falcons and the cardinals and the patriots scored okay so falcons cardinals anyway um, I think this is a must-win game for Atlanta. They're one and four. Uh, I do think that they still have a shot at making the playoffs, uh, maybe even winning this division, but that might be unrealistic. But I, I think that if they want to keep that hope alive, they have to win this game. Yeah, I'm looking for the Cardinals to string together a lo- or a, a losing streak, a winning streak. Uh, Kyler Murray looks like he's starting to figure things out in the NFL. Um, he's starting to get his legs underneath him. Um, they're starting to adjust the offense, not based on what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do, but what is working. And I don't know. I really like the way they looked last week. It was against the Bengals, but again, that's the team to get right against. And uh, I'm really interested to see how they come out this week against another opponent that has a tougher offense, but 
a pretty easy defense and uh, see how they look. Yeah, the I think this is a very winnable game for the Cardinals. Uh, I don't think that the Falcons are nearly as good as I thought they were going to be, at least anyway. But like I said, I, I do think this is a must win for the Falcons. I think that they have the talent, especially on offense, to get it done. And I'm going to go ahead and pick the road team here and go with the Falcons this week. Very nice. Yeah, this was another toss-up, but I'm going to look for the Cardinals to, to get on that winning streak. Uh, the Falcons, you know, it's just a lot more of last year. They have the offense to get it done. They almost kept pace with the Texans last week, but their defense just can't stop anything, and it's going to lead to a lot of those high-scoring losses. I think that this one might be another one of those. And uh, so, yeah, give me the Arizona Cardinals. Keegan, I think we're differing this week more than we ever have. Yeah, this is a tough week. A lot of a lot of close calls, a lot of toss-ups. So, yeah, it, it definitely is. And speaking of close games, this next game here is the Fresh Football Takes Tie of the Week: uh, the Forty ers and the Rams. NFC West Divisional. Yes, this game is in LA, and. I guess if there's any indication on which way Keegan's going, he has said whenever it's close, he goes with the home team. But we will discuss before we find out who he is actually taking. Um, and sticking with the home team, I want to talk about the Rams running backs here. Uh, Todd Gurley apparently might not play due to a quad injury. It's not the knee. It, it's a quad. Uh, still concerning nonetheless, especially going against the uh, – if not the top rushing defense, one of the top rushing defenses in the National Football League. Uh, I want to see who wins that battle, the Rams' rushing attack or the 49ers' rushing defense. Yeah, that's a good call, Gurley. Um, I mean, I guess this is what we all feared. It's just not the injury that we all feared, but... Um, as for me, I'm going to look at the Niners without Kyle Juszczyk, Um a lot. I mean, it, it was almost meme to the point that uh, Booger McFarlane was making a big deal out of his usage in the offense. But he really is a linchpin for that running game. And uh, he has an MCL sprain. He's going to be out for a while. And I'm just interested... I'm just interested to see if this run game can continue at that consistent level that they've been at the first four games of the season uh, w sort of without him. So um, that's really what I'm looking at. And also, you know, they have a pretty tall task with uh, the Rams defense, with Aaron Donald and all the stoppers on that front line. So um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, it'll be it's, – it's a great matchup. A lot of their strengths line up and uh, – it's going to be a great divisional game. I can't wait. Yeah, this team or this game is, I mean, like it, it is my tie of the week. I think it's going to be so close. This game is probably really a coin flip. Uh, and I, I think as you alluded to, the, the strengths and the weaknesses match up really well in this game. Uh, so with that, Keegan, are, are you going to go with the home team in such a close matchup as you have been doing so far? I'm throwing a wrench in your in your call, Tony. Um, as much as I said I like to go with the home team on close calls, 
I have alluded to the fact that I love the Niners and what they're doing this year. I'm going to I'm going to say the Niners remain undefeated against the Rams and take them in LA. I really 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 wanted to pick the 49ers, but I went with your logic, Keegan. The close game, I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to take the Rams. I know everybody is talking about the Rams uh, and how they don't look right. They don't look good. And, I mean, that's definitely true. Golden Tate to the heezy. Sorry. Uh, wow. Let's get it. You're like uh, a second ahead of me. <laughs> and I was like, well, there it is. Oh. Very nice. Let's go. Okay. So back to the uh, Rams. Uh, the offense doesn't look quite right. They're 3-2 they're and two and everyone's panicking. But if you think about it, they are a... Greg Zwerline, 44-yard missed field goal away from being 4-1, and one, and maybe the narrative is completely different about this team. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. Yeah, it, it's just another toss-up where we're on opposite sides. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, just one of us is going to be not very happy uh, at the end of this week. Yeah. Cowboys-Jets. Take it away. Uh, Cowboys, Jets. I mean, I guess we're all just interested with the return of Sam Darnold. I know that's going to be a big factor, but the Cowboys have really hit the skids lately. I mean, I know it sounds like I beat up on them a little, and I kind of do because I very much dislike the Cowboys, but the Jets' defense has been keeping them in games. It's just the fact that the Jets' offense has been so unbelievably, like, terrible and pointless and with the bad quarterback play that there really just hasn't been a chance like the defense actually shut down the Eagles for a good part of last week's game it was just that it was three and out three and out three and out just like against the Browns on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago um so I've I've really been impressed with the Jets defense I know that they're winless they have nothing really to show for it but with Sam Darnold back I'm interested to see if he can sustain the drives and if the Jets' defense can shut down a Cowboys offense that's, I don't want to say they're scuffling because they put up a bunch of yards in the Packers game last week, but they are 0-2 in their last two. So, um, yeah, the Jets' defense is what I'm looking at, see if they can sort of keep that swagger that they've honestly had the whole season and be able to retain it a lot longer in this game with Sam Darnold hopefully sustaining some offense for them. I'm looking at Dak Prescott. Yeah. Square in the eyes. <laughs> You're staring him down. You're giving him the, the stare down. I am. He He's starting to get that Kirk Cousins narrative that he can only beat bad teams. Uh, I mean, the Jets aren't by any means a great team, but... I think, like you said, their defense has been playing you know, better than people expected. Uh, I think that Dak needs to have a really, really good game this week to try to maybe shake the haters a little bit. Like I said, the Jets aren't you know, a, a great team, and a, they're not a great defense, but uh, it, it's better than the Giants and the Dolphins, and the Redskins' defense, which he dominated. So I, I think that Dak Prescott 
needs to have a solid, probably even almost domination uh, type of dominating type of performance, uh, especially if he wants to, you know, get paid and be the highest paid quarterback in this league, just because that's how quarterback and really that's just how contracts go. Uh, everybody just ones up each other one after another. So Dak Prescott, uh, I am going to challenge you in this game. You need to ball out. The challenge heard round the world. Tony calling out Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott uh, responds well and beats the Jets. I'll take the Cowboys here. Yeah, I'm not so sure if Dak has a good game, but I think that Zeke probably has a good game. So I, too, will take the Cowboys as well over the lowly Jets. Sorry, Sam. All right. We are in agreement on that one. So we will see if we agree on this next game where the Denver Broncos are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Keegan, I'm going to let you take it away again. Uh, yeah, the Broncos had a really good showing against the Chargers last week. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if it was the Broncos playing well or the Chargers just playing really poorly. But um, either way, the Broncos won their first game of the year, and it's something to build upon. So I'm just looking at the Broncos side. I'm looking at their defense. Their defense really held Phil Rivers and company in check. Um, I know they're... The, the Chargers offense is going through a lot of injuries and stuff, but it was still an impressive performance uh, from a defense that has had a few injuries of its own. And I'm, I'm looking at, at that defense to build um, on that performance against the Titans. All right. I don't hate that at all. Um, I want to see, and I've probably said this a few weeks about, the Titans, but I'm always kind of looking at Derrick Henry. He is the best player on that offense or should be the best player on that offense. The Titans need to run the offense through him. The Broncos are not a good run defense. Uh, I want to see Derrick Henry get 25 to 27 carries and potentially dominate. And some more live breaking action there has been a strip sack of Tom Brady, and it's a touchdown for the Giants' defense. Wow, tie game. I want to see that type of angry running out of Derrick Henry against the Broncos. Your boy, Derrick. Uh, you, you, you like how I tied that back in? Yeah. All right, so I guess it's time to make our picks in this game. Uh, I'm going to pick the Broncos at home. Yep, same. I think they build um, upon that performance last week. And, uh, <coughs> yeah, Excuse me. I just think the Titans, yeah, are, are hit and miss, and I think they're going to miss this week. Yeah, they're – excuse me, I have <clears throat> a tickle in my throat here. Anyway, we'll move on. Sunday night game, Steelers, Chargers, Keegan – talk about it for a little while so I can clear my throat. Yikes. Yeah, I think the host of Fresh Football Takes might be dying. So, 
Uh, Steelers Chargers Sunday Night Football. This game looked a lot better on paper in the preseason, but uh, unfortunately, the Steelers, due to a particularly vicious hit to Mason Rudolph, are down to their third-string quarterback. Um, really, kind of puts that team in dire straits at one and four. Uh, the Chargers again. I've mentioned it multiple times so far in this episode, but coming off a really terrible loss at home, no less, to the then winless Charger or to the then winless Denver Broncos, um, looking for Philip Rivers to right the ship. Hopefully, like we said, Melvin Gordon can get reacclimated to the offense a little better, and uh, they can start to roll there. Um, yeah, as for what I'm looking for in the game, uh, Chargers offense, just where you at, guys. Come on. I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it again. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, it's time to step up. Um, but then again, the Steelers' defense has been playing a lot better lately, too. Uh, it just so happens that, like the Jets, they're stuck with, you know, a second string, now a third string quarterback. So, um, it remains to be seen. But yeah, Chargers offense, you're you, you got to be better than than what you were last week. Keegan, you gave me ample time to clear my throat and feel better. So I appreciate that. You're uh, alive. Notes, <laughs> I have I have returned. Uh, my notes tell me to talk about how involved Melvin Gordon's going to be. But I think Keegan did a really good job of pretty much just summing up the Chargers offense as a whole. So I will discuss the Steelers here on a whim. And I want to see how they cover up their third string undrafted quarterback. They don't have Jalen Samuels to run the Wildcat because he had a knee scope and is out for a month. So I want to see what their game plan and their scheme is going to look like offensively to try to, like I said, um, really almost hide uh, the, the young, inexperienced quarterback. I don't really know what they can do. Maybe a lot of screens and short passes and probably a heavy reliance on the running game as a whole. Uh, I expect... James Conner to get a lot of work in this game. But I don't think that the Steelers are going to be able to uh, mask the big deficiency in quarterback, uh, especially on the road in Los Angeles. So I will take the Chargers. Yeah, as much as I love a good underdog story... um, and as, much, and as much as the third-string quarterback, whose name I literally can't remember for the life of me, uh, really did impress me um, after he came in in the game against Baltimore, um, yeah, I just think that the Chargers are going to get right here at home, and um, I think the Steelers are going to fall to 1-5, and five, and I am picking the Los Angeles Chargers as well. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the score of 26 to 10, by the way. Uh, Primetime game, score time. 26 10. Chargers. Uh, do you want to throw a score on it, or are we just going to talk about Monday night? No, I'm good. Scores are your thing. 
All right, we will then move <laughs> on to Monday night. Uh, a battle of the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers are hosting the Detroit Lions. And Keegan, who are you talking about? Are you, are you going to talk about the Packers or the Lions in your, uh, I guess, one keynote? Uh, I, th- I think I went with Detroit for mine. All right, cool, because I'm going with the Packers, uh, at least for my note. Uh, I want to see, one, if Jamal Williams is back and healthy and playing. Uh, and then if he is, I want to see how that RBBC, the running back by committee, uh, for you uh, folks that don't know what that means, RBBC is running back by committee. I want to see how that shakes out. Uh, LaFleur has been very vocal that he wants to keep Aaron Jones fresh and split the touches. Uh, he didn't have that option last week, and Aaron Jones had four touchdowns and I believe over 200 yards or close to 200 yards of total yards from scrimmage. So I want to see if he still is a man of his word in using both running backs pretty evenly or if he realizes that Aaron Jones is an animal and finally sets him free. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is great. They got to keep getting him the ball. Um, On the Lions' side, I too am talking about their running back. Um, Carrion Johnson has really come into his own um, in the last couple of weeks before the Lions had the bye. And it seems like the way to beat the Packers is on the ground. Now, the Cowboys couldn't really get anything going with Ezekiel Elliott, but but the teams before that, I know Jordan Howard had a big game on the ground, um, both on the ground and through the air. So I really think that that's going to be the key for them. But the Lions as a whole have looked really impressive. They almost beat the Chiefs. Um, their defenses look great. Matt Patricia is a defensive mind, and he's really got that defense humming um Matt Stafford looks as good as he's looked in a while um you know we've gone on and on about about how good the Lions look this year and uh I really think they're gonna be a pretty even match for the Packers here at Lambeau um and I think it starts with the run game I think they need to commit there and and uh they should have a a pretty good showing yeah, the Lions so far this season have got a lot of uh, fresh love. Uh, I know I spoke about them a couple weeks ago and how even though they lost to the Chiefs, I was really impressed with them and how they played and how they battled. Uh, you just gave them a bunch of love. Um, does that love equate to picks, though? It's time to decide. Yeah, it does for me. Um, I've been... Again, bucking your uh, home team in a close game trend. Yeah, the divisional, uh, once again, like the Niners. Um, I'm just going with the team that um, has just impressed me more as a whole as this season has gone so far. And, um, yeah, give me the Lions. I think the Lions will sh- will shut down Aaron Rodgers and uh, will roll to a victory here. Don't forget that the Packers are 4-1 and one still. Uh, in my book, that's pretty impressive, and I think that continues. Uh, go Pack, go. Very but nice. I do have, I do have a really close score of 24-23. So I do see this game really almost going either way. Uh, but like I said, go Pack, go. And that 
we'll wrap up the predictions. If you if you are a Colts, Raiders, Bears, or Bills fan, we didn't forget about you. You are just on by. And there is nothing to discuss as far as week six preview and predictions about teams that are on the bye. Nope. Enjoy the football. The other yes. football. <laughs> yes. Uh, so with that, uh, I don't know about you, Keegan, but I'm actually getting pretty amped about this football game we've got going on Thursday night. It is a 14-14 game. Uh, we're winding down here to the end of the first half, and I think I'm going to go catch the rest of the game. Yeah, holy crap. Could this be, like, what, the third uh, third great Thursday night football game in a row? This is and awesome. The- the third uh, notable massive upset that the Giants had over the Patriots. Unfortunately, this one is not in the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> hey, I will take a win over New England whenever I can get it. Yeah, it's it's brewing, man. It's going to be interesting to watch. Hey, do you think they should have started Eli Manning in this game because he knows how to beat <laughs> Tom Brady and the Pats? I did, he- I did hear that a lot uh, over the past you know, a couple days. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I just, I mean, as, as cool of a, of a storyline as that would have been, uh, I don't see a reason to disrupt Daniel Jones's, uh, I don't want to say momentum. Um, growth. Just, yeah, just his growth. That's that's a better yeah, uh, yeah. word there. Yeah, I don't think there's a need to disrupt that um, just for you know, the the sake of having Eli versus Tom uh, one more time uh, with Eli in a giant uniform anyway because we really don't know what's going to happen with him at the end of the season. But you know, it would have been cool if, if Eli didn't get benched. It would have been great to see. But because he got benched, I, I don't see a real reason why you start him just for this one game. I don't think Eli would even want to, I guess, start in that situation if you remember when he was benched in 2017 uh for geno smith um ben mcadoo actually talked to eli about it and he said hey you know we're gonna we do want to start you for like the first drive or two um to keep your consecutive start streak alive but then you know we are gonna go with geno smith and eli was like i i don't that's not how it should be if you're going to play Geno Smith, play him early, then he should start. Eli doesn't care about records and, and things like that. So I, I guess that's a long-winded answer to your question. Right. Yeah, you're saying that if he would have been asked to start, he would have just deferred to Daniel Jones and been like, it's his team now because he's that kind of guy. Yeah, and, and not in a bitter sort of, oh, now you want me to start. No, that it, it would have been like, hey, this, he's a young guy. I'm helping him out. This is his team. He's got to learn to play in big games like this. I, I think yeah. it would have been like that, not that uh, spiteful, no, I'm not playing because you don't want me anymore sort of deal. Yeah, and I mean, they're tied coming down to the end of the first half, so, I mean, something's gone right here. Yeah, we'll see. Huh? The Patriots are thinking like i think they're in the red zone with 45 seconds left to go so something's telling me they will probably have the lead going into halftime but we shall see yeah week six gets started it's in progress right now and uh yeah man i don't know about you but i love watching some football 
Me too. And and that is, I guess, the cue for the end of the show and the catchphrase, we love some fucking football. Yes, we love football. God damn it. James White just scored. Yeah, that sucks for my fantasy. (laughs) At least I have him in a fantasy league. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) See ya. Edit. James White did not score. He was down inside the one. But of course, it was Tom fucking Brady on a quarterback sneak. God damn it.